episode 108 and we are still sponsored by Camille Prof. They're gorgeous. They send food all over Italy and uh, that's pretty much it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, 108 Prof and I am, of course, Gary Parsons. And this is the Prof, Carl Riley. Hello, everybody. So, we're going to talk about the Herbs game. We have an all-time 11 central midfield nominations from Robbie Gaffney and Justin Mason and the questions from the East End semi-final between Ethan Boyle and Joey O'Brien. So, uh should be interesting that one. I think Joey will uh, give him the digs, to be honest. Bucky's favourite, to say the least. Bucky's favourite, yeah, one to three at the minute. He is, uh, Ethan admitted as much beforehand. He said, the I know. confidence as I well. I know I'm the underdog here, but he was quietly confident going <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, Joey. And uh, Terry Parmer and Richie Porty last week, prop, very enjoyable. Two good lads. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Very, very touchy subject about the 6 4. Yeah. I enjoyed the, the Roddy Collins stuff, especially. Oh, yeah. Someone else said it to me as well. Brilliant. Love when he came in and was like, Right, he came in with his bluster. Yeah, <laughs> bluster. That was great. Uh, what a put down. It was a nice coincidence. The day we recorded that, that Sunday, Rovers put out a tweet saying, on this day, Rovers beat Bowes in the FBI Cup team, semi-final yeah, and Palmer scored. Yeah. So I was watching it on YouTube and it was a hell of a header. Was, oh, what a header. Oh, towering header. He had header. to lean back as well and there was a bit of loop on it. Yeah. So, yeah, Out jumped Colin Hawkins, which is no mean feat. That was, yeah. was a tall man. Tall, tall man. Excellent header. Yeah, so it was but just a good coincidence. There was another on this date, uh, I think a few days later, then the Ricketts lob against Derry. Yeah, he posted it on the, ch- on the chat. What a, what a lob. Took a chance. Yeah. Beautiful. Very Still unusual. Remember. One of the most unusual goals we've scored. I think Stuart Gretchen or Gretchen, whatever way you pronounce yeah. it, G R E A, ginger like, yeah, just let it go. Have you noticed that the 2011 footage is starting to look really old now? Yeah, it is. It actually is. It looks quite dated, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that was Terry and Richie, and they were great, and uh, fair played them. But we'll move on to Michael O'Neill. He's the favourite <laughs> for the Stout job, Prof. So, um, I thought you would have got something. It is a big club, isn't it? Big club. They're rock bottom there. Big job. I mean. He can bide his time, like he's he's pretty much golden at this stage after the job he's done with uh, with Northern Ireland. See the three two win, yeah, unbelievable. That's time to beat England as well. So um, yeah, speculation, Prof Rife about the Hoopla Cons returning. People are uh, are waiting anxiously for this one. Uh, people are also dreading it. Yeah, <laughs> and my question is, will Huberman record a cup final song? I don't know. I think we could. Do we? Do we do this? Is that cringy or like? Do we, will we go ahead and do it? Like, oh, I love that song. The Billy Billy Joel one. Yeah, we could give it another go. Um, yeah, we Aussie Nay. Aussie Nay just bought a house, so congrats to him. And he has every Rovers tradesman giving him a dig out, and so that's the way we like to keep it, keep it in the family. And he said, uh, "What a club Rovers! I put my house back together because he's stripping the whole thing and doing his own thing with it." So I love how he just said that out of nowhere in the chat. Robbers are putting my house back together. Yeah, it's great. Like yeah. I said, I told them stick within the family, stick within the Rover circle. Be like Homer's neighbors rebuilding their house. Oh, um, yeah. Just all the stupid elements to it. Now this is the electricity room. <laughs> There's too much electricity, so I don't know. You might want to wear a hat. And next we have the results of our outside right slash left slash inside forward slash winger whatever poll. Yeah, Mick got a bit of emotional on this one, didn't he? Male town here. He was giving people the feels, Gary. Giving them the feels. Paddy McGrath said he actually wants that played to the players before the final. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. I don't see why not. Not a bad show. (laughs) So, the results were as follows. Mick got got what he wants, Gary. Frank O'Neill, 76 votes. Mick Leach, 28 votes. So, they they go through to our team. So, uh, Neville Steven and Stevie Linex didn't make it. 7 and 3, respectively. Steven, 7 and 3. 
Uh, might have to play 4-3-3 in this Middletown era team. Yeah, we still don't really pick because the formation. I don't think Leach would suit on, on, the, on the wide on the 4 4 2 there. I think he'd have to be like more advanced. Yeah, and even even when it came to Mick Bourne as well, like Mick Bourne wasn't wasn't anywhere near the winger, was he? More of a ten. Well, maybe? he was threatened to nominate him, but thank he was. No, he's free to be nominated by the strikers uh, next week. So our best winger since nineteen eighty seven was Billy Dennehy, one hundred eighteen votes. Paddy McCart eighty six, Gary McCabe fifty, and Billy Wood six. So Billy kind of streaked home at the end. It was close. Uh, Paddy with eighty six, Gary McCabe. How Gary McCabe would have got more? Well, Billy, Billy was really good. Like a lot of people say, a really frustrating player, but I, I loved Billy. I thought he was great. Hugged the touchline. Yeah, now you're setting a tread on Billy Denny when there's 25 comments. I mean, most of these polls haven't received that many comments. Yeah, and once again, Billy brings out the debate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Billy's left for, wasn't he? So we can we can stick McCart on the right in this team. Put Just put McCart on the team. Yeah. Just get in there. So we've got Billy on the left, McCart on the right. And I mentioned those disputes last week about... Were these players actually in the positions they're being nominated? But those disputes have been disputed. So, Tommy replied to the question of, was Ronnie Nolan not a centre half or a right half? And then he said, like, well, where would he play in a modern system? Yeah. And John Cody playing left back was questioned. Uh, turns out, as I should have remembered from the podcast, because he was on the podcast, he did cover there quite a bit uh, early on. But when you say cover... Yeah, you know, not really his position though, was it? But he played there plenty of times. True. To be worthy of a, a left back nomination. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that, and then we have Jules in the gaff up now, and uh, great interview from the lads. So here they are. So we're back once again for Shamrock Rovers All Time Eleven, and today it's it's a big one: centre midfielders. So today we've got Robbie Gaffney. He's going to pick four from the Milltown here, and we have Justin Mason. He's going to pick four midfielders. From after 1987. So we're going to go, as always, start with Milltown first. So, Robbie, give us your first pick. Right, Prof. My first pick is uh, from a... Uh, and this was very close as to, to me too. Actually, I won't. I'll go straight into it. Johnny Giles. The reason being, uh, Carl, was... Obviously, uh, when Giles was announced as the manager of Rovers, and I was lucky to be part of it... Uh, I was, ex- you know, he w- would have been one of my heroes anyway as a footballer, but now to train with him and play with him. So I was really lucky to play with him both domestically uh, and indeed in Europe. And for me, he dominated the midfield. In fact, he dominated everything about the game per se when the final, or sorry, when the starting whistle went to the final whistle. He was consumed by it. He had a left foot, right foot, he could score goals. He got on every free kick. He effectively dominated the midfield. So as a centre mid, he was number one for me in that regard. Number two, and a close... We're going to go back and forth, so I'll come back yeah. to you for number yeah. Just on Giles, yeah. uh, he was in his late 30s when he came to us. Was he still as good as ever? Like as good as Lee's West Brom days? He was in his late 30s. Actually, he was late, late 30s, Carl. Uh, he was late, late 30s. But he really looked after himself... Uh, his training was unbelievable. He, 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 um, he, he uh, his preparation to detail uh, for training was the very same as it would be for our match days. It was extraordinary, by the way. Like you never see him in my time there at 38, whatever. For example, getting cramp or struggling, 
he got through 90 minutes for every game and particularly uh, when I saw him in Europe how he handled Europeans and how he handled the game and how he played it and how he controlled it was seconds on for me it was just brilliant a pure pleasure uh, to both play with him and late in later life get to know him but brilliant uh, Carl top I mean, was he the complete midfielder that basically he, he you see with midfielders in, in any year of football they're good at one thing like they're box to box player they're technically very good good passer or they're tough Giles from what I've been told and what I've seen who's just a little bit before my time he could do all those things from what I could see absolutely just saying, uh, he w- it was unbelievable um, from the time you, pa- you, you passed it to him and if you didn't get at the end of one of his balls for example normally it was your fault because he could pick you out he could just drop it on a sixpence it, w- it, it, it was extraordinary he was for me uh, just the complete midfielder end of I still think it's a disgrace that there's nothing if you go to I've been to Wembley I don't know if you've been lads there's a massive big statue of Bobby Moore just as you walk into that ground why isn't there one of Johnny George outside the Viva Stadium fair point absolutely fair point absolutely Uh, I don't think we'll see the likes of him again now in saying that we're very lucky to be witnessing Jack Bourne and so on but over the year of Giles it's going to be very difficult for somebody to come up and replace him Okay, Giles your first pick yeah, um, I was I I trio my forward. I think came to my head very quickly, um. So I go on chronological order, and the one that was tight, I'll do last. First one is Derek Tracy. Now people might go Derek centre midfield. Derek played everywhere for over. When he first came, I think under Kinger he was centre forward. Then Kinger put him left side of midfield. He then played right back under Ray Tracy, right side of midfield. He might played left back even. The only position he didn't play was centre back and in goal. But towards the end of his career, when Richardson came in, until he finished with us, um, when we were relegated, he played centre midfield. And he was a very good centre midfielder. He used to do the simple things like Derek. He'd get the ball and give it to another player in green white jersey. It's that simple. And I think if you're having a... Talking about players after Middletown, you have to find some room to put at least nominate Derek Tracy. So I left him out of my team, my all-time 11, which I felt really guilty of, so this is my chance to make up for it. So my first pick will be Derek, because to me, the man spent, what, 17 years at Rovers? He's a massive part of this club, and he never, technically he never played a home game for us. Yeah. And 17 years, never played a Milton or Tyler. Yeah, and that's that's unreal when you think about it, for, for the longevity he had. And I think, I think he started the first division season, he was at the club, but I think fairly early on, Pat had brought in a lot of young players to play in midfield and I think Derry probably, Derek probably saw the writing on the wall but he was an excellent player for all his great servants so that's why I put him in as number one yeah. Your second pick Robbie? My second pick is Pat Bourne uh, I was so lucky uh, probably one of my biggest regrets in when I was playing for the Hoops was we played Bowers in a replay of a cup in Milltown there was something like 12,000 at, at that day and we got smashed by Bowers in Milltown this was the Giles era but on that particular day, um, Ashley Grimes played in the middle with Pat Bourne. And it was the first time I saw Pat in action, live. Now I was up against him, whatever. And I thought he was very good. He subsequently went away. That, I think he ended up, went to Leicester or Hearts, that particular chapter. But when he came back, uh, again, having played against the four-in-a-row team, he had just grown into be a fantastic footballer. And like Giles, dominated left foot, right foot his passing, his control, his control of the game, and in terms, Carl, of centre midfielders, uh, again, very lucky to to uh, see Pat Bourne in action, 
and and see his career going through it. But I thought he was just exceptional. And for me, uh, a very close number two is Pat Bourne. Not just ability, but his his winning mentality. He drove that team to the four in a row. He was he. You think about that four in a row team. There's you know a lot of. Uh, a, a, a lot of experienced players with Noel King, etc., and so on. But Pat dominated, and um, but the great thing was he uh, he was so well admired uh, by his fellow players. Nobody questioned it. But Pat, again, from start to finish, I don't think Pat ever gave a bad Rovers performance. Oh, in that four in a row chapter in that era, I just thought he was exceptional. Okay, number two, just yeah. Just before I start on that, I just come back to Derek. I mean, he almost single-handedly kept us up that night um, against Dublin City. He scored, nearly got an equaliser. He almost got an equaliser in the cup final in 2002, both in centre midfield. So we just wanted to add that. And number two for me is Stephen Rice. Um, Rice was just to me, he was just unreal. Um, I remember 2010, we were all talking about well, who's going to be player of the year because we did a lot of we did a lot of candidates that year. And then it was one incident. He was playing right back this day. We played Pats in the cup semi-final. I think he took the ball off either Ryan Guy or Dave McMillan. He took about three steps forward and put a ball right on Twiggy's head and Twiggy nodded in. And all the lads I got were, we just decided then to vote Royce player of the year. There's always a go- there's the goal in Tottenham. But Royce, we talk about players taking games by the scuff of the neck, which you have to do in centre midfield. Royce used to boss midfield for us. And un- we probably haven't had that kind of midfield until Jack came this year. But I, Royce was a great absolutely unbelievable midfielder and it was only when he left you realised how badly we missed him he took it and like just a phenomenal and then we've always that goal in White Hart Lane like, which is just brilliant but Royce to me was just a, an unbelievable midfield footballer and how do you respond to the critics I suppose when they look back at him playing saying you know his passing ability wasn't among the best look, he's human we all have friends but like as Robbie was talking about George George is a complete midfielder and I said in that that you will always get someone they're very good at what they do and they might have look at Paul Scholes in England Scholes is revered in England but he couldn't tackle to save his life you know maybe Royce passing wasn't the best but he always chipped in with an important goal he'd always he broke up play brilliantly he was a huge part of that O'Neill team in 9, 10 and 11 and um, I would just go look if you look maybe people are just being picky then after having a goal this passing ability because Royce was to me he was a boss man in midfield and you do need them kind of midfield players number three Robbie Number three uh, for me, Carl, is Mick Lawler. Um, again, when I was first brought to Milltown by my dad, it was part of the Rovers' uh, late 60s team. Actually, it, it, it wasn't a great 60s team. It was the latter end where they were winning nothing. But um, Mick Lawler, it was the first player that I saw. That there was another great player on the team, Frank O'Neill. It was just great winger. But Mick Lawler, as a centre midfield player, I thought was the new generation of centre midfield players that again for, for whatever reason I'm just harping on this but I just thought you maybe have to have this he was both left foot right foot he could score goals he, he got on most set pieces um, his passing ratio when we didn't have the stats that we do have now I'd say his, his stats uh, ratio in terms of passing uh, would have been in the 90s percent uh, he just didn't seem to give the ball away but again he always seemed to have space the sign of a brilliant uh, centre mid he always seemed to create space he never gave it away scored some cracking goals and this lovely ability to be able to strike a ball <coughs> both his right and left makes for me Mick Lawler number three 
Did McNaught start out as a striker? I think he did. I only saw him. I, as I say, I when I came, he was number ten for Rovers at the time, uh, in in a really good Rovers. Uh, well, towards the end of a really good Rovers team, but um, I just I, I just thought there was something about him. Now, it's subsequently, if you look back over Mick's career, it was a brilliant career. But I thought the Rovers to see him live every week in Milltown, um, for me, epitomised what a centre midfield player should be. I thought he was all of that. Right, your third pick, just yeah, uh, and we're right up to date with this one. It's it's Jack Bourne. Um, I think there was a buzz around last November when he signed, but when we actually got to watch him, and you'd seen him in a couple of pre-season games. I remember I missed the game against was it uh, Brentford, and um, was at a, par- a party of another hoop that night. And some of the lads about the game came in and said he was unreal, and he's proven that. And the fact that he's been in a regular in the he's been in three out of four squads for Mick McCarthy since he took over says it all now I would argue that he were doing this the day after the, the Switzerland game and he should have played last night um, or at least got a run but because he patterned what we had in that midfield last night but it's what he does with the ball he's always looking to get on the ball he's always looking to like his passing is unreal I think if you look at the goal I think Aaron Green got in Waterford where he lobbed the keeper the ball bounces to him and already he's look. if you look at it he's already looked and in one movement he looks and plays his ball and Aaron doesn't have to change his one and he finishes it he's just unreal and his performances in Europe this year were just phenomenal his set piece delivery caused havoc to opposition um, like he scored one and he set up the other six which is I know Aaron Green's goal was a peach but who played the pass to him was, was Jack uh, he's just phenomenal and when some of my dad who's been going to over 60 years says he's one of the best midfielders he's seen playing for Rovers that's some considering the players that that Robbie has mentioned that's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal he's just a wonderful player we may not have him much longer we don't know what the situation is but he seems what I like about him is he seems happy and in any walk of life it doesn't matter if you're happy your performances whatever your your job is will be better it doesn't matter whether you run a pound an hour or a hundred pound an hour if you're happy in your job and Jack has proven that and he's been absolutely awesome for us this year and like he, he's just a joy to watch and what he does is people are screaming to give him the ball even look at the goals he's got this year the one against Sligo when he played the ball around the corner finished it he's just been great for us this year and like when people like Robbie Zilker mentioned him like and said we're, we're honoured to, to watch him that says it all really he's just Jack Bourne is just sheer class no other word sheer class you're a big fan of him as well aren't you Robbie oh massive fan uh, Karen, massive fan uh, we've, uh, we've a young lad uh, the young lad that comes to the games with us uh, Sean Elliott uh, from Rosemount and Dundrum or whatever and he's been coming for the last couple of years But and he, he loves loves the Tala experience loves the hoops or whatever this kid arrived on the scene and uh, Sean Elliott now I think has taken down his uh, Madonna posters and so on and, and, and put Jack Bourne up there whatever I think there's a flag and I think he wants to call his first child Jack even if it's a girl uh, Jacqueline Jacqueline it's a great one yeah but uh, no this, this this kid is just unbelievable can't he? like as Justin said if we are lucky to continue him for example, even sitting here now, just I can't wait for the cup final because I think the pitch will suit oh, him, indeed. and yeah, and I think he, he, he you know, he, he could light the place up. Um, it's just it's going to be brilliant. He put bums on seats. Is he going to be the first million pound uh, uh, transfer? I don't know. I don't want him to go personally at the moment because I think we're we're part of a, you know, an up and coming team now at the minute, <coughs> and Jack is fundamental to that. But in saying that, 
it's just brilliant to see him and I agree with Justin I think he should have got a look in over those two internationals he, you know he just loves the ball he loves getting on the ball everything goes forward um, and he's a, a joy to watch I, I had first heard about him actually through my barbers in um, in Eamon's to his sister I think Jody was her name worked there and I'd be coming in and in football tops all the time and she one day she says you actually like your football I said yeah. she's my brother's gone to Man City I said so what's his name she says Jack Bourne so I actually used to keep a close eye out so I'd have a chance to talk to her when I went back in and she left that my barbers then subsequently but I still kept an eye on him and I, I just think he he's done interviews and he said himself it just wasn't happening for him he wasn't happy he was going to like he went to Blackburn they played him in his number 10 the first four games they lost the first four games they went back to 4-4-2 four, four, and Jack can't play in that so you don't get the best out of him he could play in it but you don't get the best out of him in it. but we've just been like there was always the fear and Robbie you've seen lads come back from England over the past and they think this league is easy and it just they just it doesn't happen for them but Jack has come back and he's been absolutely awesome and I just think we're we're so lucky to have him and even if we only end up having him for this season it was great just to have him for this season but I agree with Robbie I, I hope he stays for two or three years so he can build the team around and be successful and then sell him off for millions after that well, we go back to your era Robbie your, your fourth pick your sentiment fielder now the fourth card this was, I was all over the place because I have, I have to mention lads that I was very lucky to play with in terms of uh, players the Mark Megans and um, Stevie Lynx and uh, Larry Wires and I could go through and I was trying to go in the fourth and it just brought me back to the four in a row team uh, to playing against them like when you look at Noel King Liam O'Brien and I was tied between it but I went for Paul Doolan and I went for Paul Doolan for a couple of reasons uh, Carl again I remember seeing him I, I came up against him with Bowes in his early days and he he had this great box to box engine um, physically really strong um, wouldn't have been the goal scorer that I mentioned in the others but in terms of central midfield he controlled that particular area for one, you know, for several reasons, for winning the ball and distributing the ball. After that, as I say, with Paul, you would never see him sort of on the edge of the box hitting a, a screamer. But when we categorise centre midfielders, I saw him then after he left the four-in-a-row team, come up against them in, in Derry and so on, and he seemed to carry on the very way in Derry that he did with Rovers, that he did with Bowes, and he, in terms of midfielders different to the others and I was tied between Liam O'Brien big time because I thought Liam was a terrific player as well and Noel King Noel King dominated areas like that but I just thought Paul over his career with the teams he played I think he'd, he would have left the mark with every one of those teams and that's why I chose Paul as my fourth in, in relation to him Robbie, he was a massive part of that Chelsea team that won the double in 2000 yeah. and he was in his late 30s That's then yeah. you know and he came back to Rovers in the mid 90s yeah. he wasn't great yeah. but he went on to Shells he was a great career reporter down yeah. but Derby whatever he, he and he went back to Bowers yeah. but he, Dermot Keeley signed him in 1999 I think yeah. and Shells won the double in 2000 and him and Pat Fenner was the middle of the park and Doolan was a huge part and I think he was about 37 or 38 then. Yeah. he was a massive part of that team and that shows you how good yeah and Milltown yeah. he was fantastic for yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot now. Out of the four you've picked, it's going to go to a vote online. Uh, can you pick two out of those four who you want to go in our team? Pat Bourne uh, and John Giles. There you go. Giles, your fourth pick? Yeah, like Robbie, I 
I think I told you, Carly tossed and turned over this one. And I have a list here. Like, I, I thought about putting Alan Bourne in. It was only one season, but that season he was awesome for us. Um, Mark Kenny. Mark was not... Uh, uh, on the scale of Jack, Mark was one of the most naturally tender passes of a ball i ever seen in my life. Um, Nutsy, but Nutsy only stayed with us for one year. Um, a lot of you, I'd like to mention in the first division, Ray Kenny. Ray was brilliant for us that year in the first division, but then he, I think he went to Braden. Even Vinny Perd played for us in that. Uh, David Casti, much along the same lines as Derek, played all over the place. But when and then Richie Ryan, who was only with us for about three or four months, but in that three or four months he was outstanding. But it came down between three: Chris Turner, Ronan Finn, and John Toll. And in the end, I just went for Toller. Now there might be a debate. He made his debut in Milltown, but yeah, just, just explain this. The rule so far has been if the player made his debut in the Milltown days. He doesn't count, but we decided to make an exception in this case because he only made his league debut the very last game of the last season at Milltown. He was only a teenager, so I thought it would be harsh to not make him available to you, so he's available to you for this yeah, one. Yeah, and he just came in ahead of Ronan Finn. I still think Ronan's Finn position is on the right and he's much better. The reason I went for Tola, Tola was, he wasn't the most gifted player in the world, but he, you knew your midfield was strong when John Tola was in it and he was legal from penalties. I can't even remember him missing a penalty in his time at Rovers. And he scored some big penalties. In that season, we won the league. We were, we were on a bit of a bad run. And with 10 minutes to go against Bowes, we got a penalty. And everyone could hardly watch it. And he nailed it in the top corner. He scored a day we won the league from a penalty. But he was just always there. He was just really, really good. He was tough, Toler. Um, but he was a great, great servant for Rovers. And it was really close between him and Onofin. But I just think the career Toler had... And he'll always be a massive part of, of that of that '94 team for me, and I just felt I just had to have someone from that '94 team in there, and it was so that's why I put Tyler in. But again, it was it was very close between him and Roman Finn. So who do you want in central field in our all-time eleven? What two do you want to win the poll? Stephen Noyce and Jack Bourne. I just think, and I think they'd complement each other brilliantly if they were beside each other. They really would. Um, for like the lack of passing ability that voice I had Jack has that in abundance you know I just think they'd be brilliant but I think I'd have two decent subs as well but we've we've been blessed to have a lot of good sentiment failures now as well, you tell you, we've had some drops as well over the years but to even the players that, that Robbie mentioned I wouldn't have seen Mick Lawler or Giles but I did see Pat Bourne I did see Paul Dolan and I completely agree with that like go back to Mick Lawler like he was a, even five or six years seven years after he left Rovers he was a massive part of that Dundalk team in the late 70s that dominated the game here at the time you know and he would have been the experienced player in that team so yeah it's it, it was just like I was thrilled you asked me I know you really asked me to do strikers and I said to Robbie outside like maybe because I'm older now you sort of move back out the pitch when you're older in football so but uh, yeah it was it's just with Stephen and Jack there I just think they'd be they'd be awesome if they played together if their funny voice was five years younger you know. so last word Robbie much looking forward to the FBI Cup final I can't wait I absolutely can't wait um, I have obviously my son Jason uh, Rovers daft I've Robbie Jr. coming in from France um, he runs around Perpignan in his Rovers gear he looks fantastic by the way uh, I just sent that to Mark Lynch in case if there was something <laughs> to be left at the door for him on his arrival but uh, I'm really looking forward to it um, uh, I was very lucky even in my day my first goal for the Hoops was against uh, Dundalk in Oriel against a really good Dundalk team and I, I always remember what it meant to the fans that day uh, me, me as a player to beat Dundalk you know that up in Oriel that day I just have a, a great feeling about this game and it's 
even sitting here with Justin, if we could sit here now and just go to the cup final in whatever, I think we'll do it. You know that way. I just I can't wait for it, uh, Carl. I think it's going to be a fantastic occasion, and I just think the pitch, the way the team are playing, I think Stephen's got a real job now to pick this team because there's a lot of players now fighting really hard for their places. But I just think from Alan Manis out, we've as good a chance now to win this. I think it's more pressure on the dock that day. History for them, treble. They're expected to win. We're not. We can. In the three finals we've lost since we last won it, we were favourites in all three. And I think that played on the team. We're not favourites this time. They can just go out and play. One of my mates said to me, I just love to score a goal in the cup final. You haven't scored <laughs> once since you won it. Like the three games, you haven't scored. You didn't even score from the penalty spot in the shootout <laughs> against Sligo. Uh, from where I'm from, it's it's massive. And at the moment, we're. Uh, in the point of being there, we're planning our day once we have everything in place and everything set in stone we'll, we'll make it public to everyone else but there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes especially with the young lads in the club it's, it's been fantastic since we got there I'm thrilled we're there I just I couldn't have accepted another semi-final defeat it uh, would have been very tough to take because as you know Carl I do the radio at Declan and I would have had to go to that final to represent the station at that and I'm just so glad that I didn't like as soon as the finals went down man told Declan you're gonna have to go because I wouldn't be in the press box like you'd five minutes to go Rovers could be one up and Declan be on the Sunday show going and we now go live to Lansdowne to talk to Justin Mason what's going on I don't know Declan I'm hiding in the toilet you know <laughs> <laughs> but um it's it's just gonna be a fantastic day if you get a day like it is today yeah. as long as it doesn't rain it'll be cold yeah fair enough but we'll like I have my wife is going to go. I think her last Rovers game was Cup in 2010. We're only going out with each other. Her dad is taking a going. My cousin's thinking of going. There's people in Ming's End they know who are taking a going. Because there's only a tenner for the final. And let's be honest, the English, I think it's Everton and Spurs, which, unless you support them two clubs, wouldn't really hold a lot for a neutral to go and what. So if we have a nice day, but they have to, the FAI have to start exactly. marking it now. Here, here. Forget, here, forget, like yeah. the internationals are over now. There's yeah. no internationals for yeah. four weeks. Yeah. They've, three, they've two and a half weeks, they yeah. can still get this right. Get behind it. Get behind it. Yeah. There should be posters of, like, Wings End. There's three Wings End boys playing this final. There should be posters of the two Dundalk lads, Sean Gannon and uh, Daniel Kelly, mm. and Sean Kavanagh, mm. all around Wings End at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Go support your local mm. boys. Yeah. Should be all over the place. Yeah. We've a, they've a chance to hit 40,000 yeah. with this. Big chance. Yeah. Now the two clubs, I know we'll do a lot out here and, and in Dublin, and Dundalk will do a fair bit in their town. But the FAI should be marketing this all over the place. I think it's the potential to be a cracking final. No, two best teams, and yeah. they both play football. Yeah. When Dundalk were playing Cork, Cork were very, Cork were a tough side to break down. So the finals were always a bit niggly. This has the potential to be, and if both sides click, this has the potential to be an unbelievable final, and it could be a great spectacle for the game here in this country. You know, and we need a the, the, we need a lift because yeah. 2019 has been one of the strange year for his football. On the pitch, it's been great. Last couple of days, it hasn't. But on the pitch, it's been fantastic. Oh. After pitch, it hasn't. But I can't wait for it. And that's a big week for me. It's my wedding anniversary. Oh. I'm going to see a band I adore in the 80s for the first time. Aha! Uh-huh. So it's like being back to the <laughs> 80s that week. Because uh, me and Brendan knew each other when we were kids, and then I'm going to see a band, and then Rovers in the cup final. So I like I'll be transported <laughs> back to the 80s that weekend. So hopefully. I think Robbie's right I honestly think we have a great chance the big pitch will suit us and I just think the fact there's a little bit more pressure on them now they've more experience fair enough but we've a very experienced we've we've good base of experience there the likes of Manus you know Roland Finn has played in two cup finals for Dundalk so we have players who play and we have players who played in these games but I just can't wait for it just can't it's like, Chris, it's just like counting the day I'm not even counting the days to Christmas I'm just counting the days to <laughs> toward November yeah so uh, that was the lads um, what do you think of Joe's far there Gar? 
controversial enough, possibly will change again. Um, I, I don't know, like he's like he's seen more than me, but Rice. I mean, I didn't see Derek Tracy play. Yeah. Is it harsh leaving out Ron Finn there? Is it more of a loyalty thing he's putting Tracy in for? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I won't name names, but one very famous Rovers figurehead did not rate Derek Tracy one bit. Which I found very amusing. Not one bit. Yeah. But uh, obviously, obviously a very good player and held in high regard. So, Loyal. I mean, it's really worth the place in these nominations. As for the gaff, uh, Mick Nolan's I, a bit of Mick, a Mick tricky Lawler. one. Yeah, Mick Lawler. Um, yeah, I thought he was a striker. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, we went around, but, but uh, got the vibe that he was a striker. Certainly can't argue with the other three. No. And uh, the gaff, of course, a member of the, the Pines Mafia. And at the Sligo game the week before, uh, I just walked in on a conversation. It was uh, the Wack and Juz. They were laughing because the Wack had spotted Juz wearing an Ireland rugby shirt. Oh. Caught him red-handed. And <laughs> the look of disgust on Mick's face. He just goes, a rugger top. <laughs> Uh, I was surprised he didn't pull it off him. Yeah. Yeah, old Joe's, he's devoided loyalties, hasn't he? Especially with the old GAA yeah. fiasco that he carries on year to year. Man of many sports. Uh, yeah, so that was that. And uh, two great lads. So we're going to move on to the Harbs game, one nil Tala. Jack Bourne and Pico Lopez run international duty. When's the last time we had two players on international duty? That's great. Both, both senior. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's a cool thing to say. Brandon Kavanagh came oh, in knows. for his first league starts in June and finally the debut of Neil Faruja. Yeah, so great great to see Neil. Um, young Brando looked, looked uh, sprightly. Yeah, I've been calling for him to start for a while now, haven't I? Especially when we have nothing to play for in the league. Um, so his first start in, in a few months, as you said. Uh, Faruja injured since May. So how long have you been been waiting yeah, I know. for this? Can't wait from to get going, and it's it's yeah. all about consistency now. Like I mean, he won't get near the cup final. Um, get a couple of games under his belt, but then the season's over. So hopefully he stays fit in the offseason. He could easily come off the bench in the cup. Think final. so? Ah, yeah. Hopefully get him a couple of minutes under his belt in the next and week. That was or two. that was I interviewed him. It hasn't gone up online uh, just yet as we record this, but the smile on his face during that interview, he was so happy to beam and just to get playing play. ball. Never seen a man so happy. And I asked him at the end, I said, are these last few games all about staying in the gaffer's minds about wanting to be involved with the Aviva? And as he put it, like, everyone's going to be involved somehow. Like, you, you can make an impact. Mm. Uh, as long as you're in the match day squad, like, you can have a part to play. That's what Brad just said, wasn't it? He? he said yeah. everybody's fighting for places now. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, interestingly, you know, we were questioning why wasn't he not involved in Stigo. And then we found out because a lot of players uh, had had uh, fallen to some sort of sickness. Oh, he had the bug. And uh, yeah, he got hit really bad. So he was going to play in Stigo. And that's, that's the reason why we didn't see him. As for how he played... Apparently he hit Dundalk as well. Yeah. Well, they got the blame, didn't they? They're, uh, we won't mention any chefs and their food <laughs> uh, procedures. The Oriel cuisine. <laughs> As for how he looked, uh, Frios, he looked a bit rusty. Some nice touches, some some decent balls into the box, but uh, not, not... When he whipped across in the first half and his left yeah, was super ball. that was very good. 
Not everything came off for him, which you'd expect. He's only making his debut after such a long layoff. But uh, promising. Yeah, uh, definitely. Really, really looking forward to getting to, yeah. him to get going. He did. He missed a free header shortly before the break uh, from close range, but he got under. Really should have scored. Booker gave me a shite stat, which he admitted straight off, this is a shite stat. But he threw it at you anyway. And he said, there are more left-footers in the pitch right now than right-footers. Well, I wouldn't say that's a shite stat. That's a cool one. I like that. It was interesting. Yeah, on our team or in general? In that starting 11. That's 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 cool. I like that stat. Yeah. I'm winning them, Booker. Right, yeah. So, yeah, the chances anyway. Um, Pretty much it for the first half. Well, uh, there was that one I mentioned through you. Uh, Brando had an overhead Green had nearly got on the end of one Yeah Brando had an ambitious overhead That was the cross from Ferrugia wasn't it? Uh, the Ferrugia one was a low one It was a drilled across I think wasn't it? I think he got. I think he whipped one in for, for Brando as well Oh maybe that was the overhead as well yeah So yeah 2 or 3 pretty good chance in the half So we really should have been ahead And then we moved on to the second half And a uncharacteristic stray back pass Nearly allowed him to score This was blatant stuff wasn't it? Jeez, yeah that was it. Very unlike us. Unbelievable. Uh, should have been a goal should down there. Should have been a goal, yeah, definitely. I was standing beside the usual suspects, Gare. Uh, uh, cross perch. Cross perch, yeah. Tommy Kelly still amazed that I drank him in Sligo. Yeah, certainly did. Basically, I drank anything at all until <laughs> I drank him. But, uh, Even yeah. that dragon soup. Yeah. My God. Horrible stuff. There was a moment where I was standing in the stand and I thought... You know what the most important aspect of this stand is, after all? It's not even the, the position. It's behind the goal. Atmosphere, sound, visual. It's just not cold up there. Yeah. You're never cold it's, watching games anymore. It's so grey. Like, that That night was a bit shitty. <laughs> but you can deal with it. If I had been standing in the East End that night, I wouldn't have seen any of the game. I would yeah. just been surviving. <laughs> Yeah, it is. That's that's the one thing, and it it has taken the wind off the yeah. off the pitch as well. I'm said that this game was a tough watch. It was, it was a really dead affair. It's good to see the young guys in the bench though. We had a Bulu yeah. coming on for a second league appearance. It's I think Bogdan off. Who else? A couple of young guys. So it's good to see them. It's good yeah, to see the, a Bulu yeah, coming the on. in the bench. Bulu did well. Interesting. Got forward and and uh, cut one cut one back for a half chance. Yeah, Toyhi doesn't rate him by the way. Yeah, no, he doesn't like him. That's his, that was about his second league appearance. Uh, Brando probably missed the best chance of the game. He was only about six yards out and he, he dragged it wide. Yeah. Uh, the goal was a begging. And then we had the winner again. And we had the winner, Bulger, coming in again. He likes Finn Harps, likes a goal against these guys. Uh, took a touch on the edge of the box and just buried it with his left. Great finish. Yeah, super strike. Super strike by Bulger. Keeper got a slight touch in it. Went mm. in off the too under, much power on it, wasn't it? In off the other side of the bar. As you say, he did this to Harps before. Out mm-hmm. there, remember the late winner? Yeah. The right foot. And, uh, Madness. This is only the third time in his career that Greg Bolger has scored three league goals in one season. Mm. And it's the first time since 2012 at Pats. So this is his most prolific season? Well, he got seven ones for UCD. Ooh. Yeah, so that's Bolger. Uh, three goals this season. And uh, all Bournemouth, all winners, possibly. His only one was against Pats. He gave us the lead, I think, and then Cavill right, free right, kick. Right, right. That was at Richmond. And then we have uh, McInef. He clipped it over right at the end. Did you see uh, Borky's bit of magic? He bet like 12 players. 
and then actually put oh that was that that's what that was he put McInerney in so the yeah, lead yeah. up to that he he bet nearly everybody on the pitch and then he actually <laughs> passed it. Borky actually yeah. passed it. Borky passed the ball. Yeah, the one time he passes, yeah. and we miss. It was a great pass as well. Uh, so that was McInerney clipping that over just after Borky. About ten minutes before that, he did do his traditional. You know, I'm thirty yards from goal. The ball's getting away from me. I'm just gonna shoot. And he just dragged the boy. It's like no business shooting there. All power. But uh, yeah, I, t- I thought that goal was never coming. No, it, didn't. it looked. It, t- it took a while, already, didn't it? It looked it was such an inevitability about it. Like this is gonna finish nil nil again. I can't even remember the last time we drew nil nil in successive games. Oh God, they're gonna have to look that one up, Prof. I say it's under Michael O'Neill. I say it was that long ago. Mm. So, so both. Um, Beat Dundalk 2-1, Prof. Fourth league defeat since May. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, May, June, like, that's that's crazy. So they were ravaged with flu and probably dropped a couple of players. But <laughs> still, I mean, to not lose a game since May, it's just league with a form, isn't it? Yeah. Nothing you can do. Should give a mention to the Oilers, by the way. Uh, never stop singing. Yeah, they had the St. Gallen boys over with them. So their friends in arms had them over from Switzerland. It was that, No, it was like, it was really, really noticeable. Yeah, I mean they're always they always generate really good atmosphere, but it was this game particularly because it was so Finn flat. At home. <laughs> because it was so flat, they never stopped singing. So they had a banner as well, Rovers yeah. and St. Gallen. That seems to be the most prolific partnership that they have, isn't it? They were all just yeah. their friends with a couple of lads, Voiborg and a few of these, but yeah. that seems to be the the most potent one. A few new songs, uh, bashed out as well. Stop crying, Dan Lambert. Did that one get a bash? Uh, didn't notice that one. But uh, hopefully they can message us and tell us what they are. Yeah, I couldn't get that at all. I couldn't get. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. So, I have I have one gripe with the other scare. What's the gripe? And that is all this funding they have received, which is, which is, uh, which is well due. Yeah. Uh, nice you, Queen. Well deserved. But all this funding, and the farm is neglected. Yeah. It's down again. It's down again. Put a few quid into it, lads. Come on. Keep the farm going. The old schoolers mm-hmm. need it. Yeah. We move on to some international affairs. Jack Bourne versus Georgia, and he was left out of the twenty-three man squad for Switzerland. This is another thing that just annoys me. Like, why was why did they bring him? Is this because of the keepers again? Is it? They need two is keepers. Is that keeper in the bench. thing? Is it? I think it's really so. Frustrating, isn't it? Like, imagine being told like you're in Switzerland, and then being told you're on the bench, mate. It's not happening for you. Nah, it drove you nuts. But yeah, so they really could have. Improved us that last twenty minutes against Georgia. Yeah, like definitely, it was screaming out from anyone who thinks Jack Byrne couldn't have done something for us against Georgia. Just, just doesn't know football. Just get away from it. Yeah, no, it was it was terrible. And uh, the result was two 0 Switzerland. So it's a uh, Ireland have to win at home to Denmark, and it's a bit of a task. So uh, should be interesting. Mm-hmm. And we peak on making his debut for the Cape Verde Islands in their friendly against Togo. Surprising the amount of people who didn't know that this was a place. <laughs> but the Cape Verde Islands, and he won uh, 2-1, am I right? They beat Togo 2-1 and he started. So that's a full cap. He started, I think he didn't get the score, was it Yeah, 2-1. Yeah. Great win. I didn't get the one against Congo, but um, yeah, fantastic stuff for Pico making his debut. In yeah. Marseille as well. I think it was the Velodrome, possibly. Sam this morning actually in uh, Rolston. I think he he only just got back. So yeah, I was surprised he, yeah. he was there. Actually, I thought they would have given the day off. So um, yeah, the lawyer from, and we could actually we could nearly feel the back five of internationals. Lee Grace would be the only one. Right. So so we could like Manus, yeah. Lafferty, Pigo, 
Joey O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Grace, get your finger out. Did you hear that interview with uh, Jimmy Moore? No. He uh, Pico explained how he found out about the interest in the call up. No, it's just fascinating. Like. I like this stuff. Definitely check out the interview. It's, oh, yeah. it's really interesting. Give us a gist and I'll check it out anyway. Well, the gist was that ultimately he found out through LinkedIn. Right. What a weird way so to do that. So he's on LinkedIn, up. isn't he? Because he's got like a yeah. notification. But the, this, is the, this is the mad part. They had emailed him a year ago about this. But it was in Portuguese. And he obviously doesn't speak Portuguese. So he just thought it was spam. Ah, uh, he just ignored it. So then there was a follow-up by the manager like months, months and months later and basically just said, ah, forget about them. No. And then Pico's like, what the hell does that mean? Forget about what? So it took him a long time to realise that they were trying to contact him. So he's he's yeah. fully fledged now. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, under, under 21s. Um, I know they, they were beating the nice ones there. What was it last night? But they've been brilliant so far and they've been unbeaten in the group <laughs> until then. Good players in that team. This could be the golden generation. Yeah. Like this is what this this is what we need, and then you've got Kenny who will, who will know them inside out, and he'll take the senior job and hopefully mm-hmm. bring them with him because uh, yeah. we need an injection to to say the least. Stephen Kenny making a show of Noel King. You love oh, to see it. Holy show! A holy show! No it. more jobs for the boys. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. No more jobs for the boys. John Delaney spotted in the airport as well. Did you notice that? Was he? Yeah, spotted in the airport going to Switzerland apparently. So he's still a fan. <laughs> Did you mention the four provinces? <laughs> um, Quick word on Pico actually. Uh, he missed that Harps game. So he was actually ever present until then. So no. Big Al, no? So no outfield ever present. Only Big Al. Big Al, yeah. So that means Simon Madden and Aiden Price, the only outfield players to be ever present for Rovers since Terry Palmer. 15 years wow. ago. Wow. Good old Terry. Yep. Puff of the stats as usual. We'd have gone assist for a man the match Trevor Clark on his Rochdale debut and then he scored again for the reserves that could have been tonight or yesterday. So uh, big shout out to Trev doing well. So the 19th Cup final against Bowles and Torsey has been postponed. Their league semi-final is a very is against a very strong goal we saw on Saturday. So that's 2pm at Tallis Stadium. So get yourself down to that. It's on the Saturday. Quick word on uh Thomas Alua, he's called up to the Ireland under-19s. Congrats to Tom. Is that sure, is that his first call up? Oh, I think he might have been in a different squad. But Was he, yeah? Yeah, big shout out to him. Yeah. And the Luke and Brethren. The 15s won 4-1 against Finn Harps at Donegal and their 13s won 3-2 away to Monaghan United slash Cavan in their end-of-season cup competitions. So, um, no 15s game on this weekend as an account of an international tournament. Jeez, I think we have a rake of players in that as well, possibly seven. Somewhere along the lines we've seven. Their league final will be against St. Pat's on Thursday week at Tala. And the Tordains League semi-final against St. Pat's was rearranged for Wednesday night out of this week at uh, Talca Rovers Ground. So we seem to be doing well in all senses mm-hmm. of the words. Like we're in semi-finals and finals all around. Any more spankings, Gar? No more spankings, Prof. Football boys. I mean. <laughs> the Shamrock Rovers women's teams have now have its own Twitter account, at Rovers Women. And Rovers will have a team doing their 17s Women's National League from next year. So fantastic to see it again. So we're progressing well with this roadstone. So uh, up next we have the heavyweight battle. That is Ethan versus Joey. Okay, we're at Rolestone for the second questions from the East End semi-final. And it's Ethan Boyle versus Joey O'Brien. And Pico Lopez awaits the winner of this tie in the final next week. So we've got a beautiful new trophy here. Show you what's at stake. So quick reminder of the rules. It's first of five points wins. Go back and forth between football and general knowledge. You circle the one you want me to read out. 
have to take your first answer. Steals are allowed except for multiple choice questions. So to determine who goes first, we gave you a question earlier. You had to write it down. Where was close win? So the question was, how many caps did former Ireland fullback Dennis Irwin win for Ireland? So what did you say, Ethan? 16. Incredibly low. <laughs> Joey, what did you say? 85. Uh, no, you think it said 75, was it? Well, the answer was f 56. So Joey got to go first. And you want general knowledge first? Yeah. Yeah. So, what is the capital of Portugal? Lisbon. Start. <laughs> uh, general knowledge, Ethan. What was the name of the first Rambo film? in 1982 uh, um, Rambo no people think that over to you Joey Fourth Blood yep the clue is in the new film it's called Last uh, Blood isn't it so yeah there you go football yeah football Shamrock Rovers last won the FBI Cup in what year? You need to be getting this now, Joey. Come on. Five seconds. 1979. No, it's uh, 1987. So, where are we now? Eden Football. Which League of Ireland Premier Division club features a bull standing on top of its crest? Bull? A League of Ireland Premier Division club has a ball on top of his crest. Sligo. Yep. Culver in the first division, by the way. Was that was it yeah, I said Premier Division. Ah. <laughs> Could be a Sam jo Sam Bowen esque uh, win here for you, Joey. The Foggy Jew and You'll Never Beat the Irish. Our albums by which Irish band? Wolf Towns. Mm -hmm. Ginona. Four nil. Football Eden. Something. No, it's general knowledge. Is it? I just gave you a football one, didn't I? Oh, no, oh, oh I gave you general, that's right, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, can you crossfire whatever you just did there? Yeah, yeah so general.
intent, multiple choice. Which of these is the largest? Three gigabytes, three zettabytes, or three terabytes? Gigabytes. No, it's zettabytes. Is the term. There's multiple choice, no, Stephen. So over to Joey. Football, yeah? Yeah. Six. West Ham's Angelo Ogbonna plays for which country? Is this for the win? Yeah. <laughs> whitewash. For a whitewash. Easy question, this one for me. Italy. Yeah. What? <laughs> 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 a question on Irish music and West Ham. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's just yeah. luck though, isn't it? Like. Hello, Neil. That's your Hello, Joey. Best of luck in the final. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks, Neil. Cheers. Yeah, so, uh, absolute fucking hammering. Hockey them out. That's a first round knockout, like. That's. Hockey them out. Only two whitewashes so far in the whole tournament, both at the hands of Joey O'Brien. Yeah, Joey the Mauler O'Brien. He is absolutely butchering everyone in his path. Yeah. He was lucky with the question. Now, if you're if you're if you're at home listening to that quiz, thinking some of them are easy, that was actually just the look of the draw. Yeah, there were some actually really tough questions in that quiz that just never got heard. It didn't get aired. It just happened that way, you know. Joey's Joey's a he's he's well up on his yeah. on his knowledge, isn't he? As for our competition on Facebook, if Pigo beats Joey in the final. Our prize will be shared by Paula Dwyer and Daniel Kyo. Okay. But if Joey... One sleeve each. If Joey wins the final, Sean Keane will win the prize all by himself. Is that right, yeah? Yep. We'll, have, we'll see about that, Prof, won't we? Yeah, there's no cap you we'll tell. We'll see about that. Yeah, so it's been good cracks so far. And uh, something we did at the start of the season, we asked the players to predict who would win the quiz. We did this way back in February. And we had every single player fill out who they thought would win. So, so the actual sheet of paper is right yeah. in front of us now. So, first of all, Adam Mann has picked Brandon Kavanagh. Which is bizarre. He must have been taking the piss. So we've got... Um, a lot of people said Joey, obviously. Yeah, a lot of people. Adam Mann has Brandon Kavanagh. Leon Paul says Joey. Eden Boyle says himself. Joey O'Brien said Al. Lee Gray said Joey. Lopez, Joey. Callan, Joey. Trevor Clark said Finn. Sean Kavanagh and Brando said Joey O'Brien Dylan Watts said himself Ronald Finn said Joey Greg said Joey Dylan Jack, Watts said himself yeah Jack Bourne said uh, Big Al Sam Bowen said Joey McAneff said Finn Joel Coustrand said Joey O'Brien Aaron Green said Joel Dan Carr said Joey Oki said Joey Sean Boyd said Cavo and Dean Dillon said Joey so Joey's a, the big one there like everybody yeah. was dying they knew they knew he was the smartest. Yeah, they knew. They don't want them. They don't want the smoke with him. Unless Pico causes an upset now. Yeah, could be, he could do. The look at the draw, you know, you never yeah. know what questions you're going to get. So, um, yeah, so that's it now. Prof, we're going to have, we're debuting something now. We finally found a stats noise. <laughs> so, uh, next up is the stats. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out. Come on, Prof, hit us. Uh, well, I've actually, I peppered the shell with some stats there earlier, didn't I? So peppered, yeah. I've only got two left now. That'll do. So just a quick one. We've won our last seven games against UCD. Right. Last time they beat us was in April 2013 at the Bowl. This was under Crowley. I remember going out there with our, our old pal El Murphy, and uh, geez, it was shite. Mm. 
Took his favourite ground. We battered them the whole game, losing 1 0. And then they hit us in the break right at the end, last 2 0. Uh, here's an interesting one. We're going for our 11th away win. We're going for a club record. Club record? 11 away wins in one season. Never been done before. You serious? Yep. Ever? Never. In our history? Nope. Fuck off. That's nuts. There you go. It's a big one. It's a big one. Bet you Brad's was not, eh? No. Um, yeah, so that is, that's pretty much it for the stats. So we're going to do starting 11s and predictions. Right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the youth. I'm gonna go for a big Al, obviously to keep his streak going. Uh, I'm gonna go with Bulu since he got a game. Mm. Uh, right back. I'm gonna put Boyle in. Uh, Pico and Grace, and then we're gonna go on the left. Cavo. We we'll go Cavo on the left on the right ish. We we'll go Finn because I think Finn's been excellent out, out that general direction mm-hmm. recently. Um, I won't put Jack in. I'll put in Young Brando in the hole and Finn will be on the right and then we're going to go Mac and Neff and Watts and then up front Alua. So I'm all over the shop. So no Berkey or Green. No Berkey or Green. A little rest. Yeah, no, I, I do want to play Jack Byrne. So Byrne in for Watts in your team. I like your back five. I've got the same five. Up front though. I'm not gonna go to Lua. I'm gonna keep Aaron Green there because I yeah, want him to keep him sharp. I want him to nick a few goals, lead them to the final, keep the, the confidence up. I just I want to see a Lua start. Yeah. I want to see him play. So and McIniff didn't start against Harps, so I'll throw him in mm-hmm. instead of Finn. Bulger dropped again. No Neil either. Mm-hmm. It's a good squad. We're starting to build now. Oh, hang on, Fruja. Fruja, yeah. There you go. We're leaving him out. Yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll stick him in. Take Cavo out. Put Fruja in the left. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go for that. Um, yeah, so that is it. Uh, my prediction is going to be, I'll say 2 0. 2 0, handy one, a little to score. And yeah, what about you, Prof? What's your prediction? 3 uh, 0. 3 0. So uh, we're done for this week, but we do have a five side to, to talk about. Uh, we have a couple of teams in. We could do it, we have to get 16, I think we've nine, 8 or 9 now. We could do it a lot more. I know people are focusing on the cup and things like that, but we want it to be a big celebration. Hopefully we win the cup and then we can have a big piss up in the Rollstone, but we're trying to get our Tiffany's Five side up and running again. So contact us on Instagram or uh, Facebook or Twitter if you want to enter a team and uh, all the details are up online, so let us know. November the 9th, is it? November the 9th, yeah. It will be yeah. kicking off at 2pm in the Rollstone and it's 100 quid a team, 10 players max. And any more info, get on to us and think that is it we're going to, probably going to be running buses from the from the owl for the final as well so keep but keep you posted on that there's still a few more details that aren't out so we'll let you know in the next couple of days and it'll be a cheap one as well so that is it we should make the draw for the cup uh for the five side on the show again i think ah definitely yeah, yeah. definitely nothing uh, nothing uh, untoward about it the last time either all above board oh that was a totally legit draw totally legit and um, we're actually doing a second monthly madness uh, at the end of this month spoiling us all, all will be revealed but uh, we might get those two guests to do the draw for us yeah, that'd absolutely, be interesting that'd be cool yeah, yeah. absolutely spoiling us so that is it for this week and uh, we'll probably see it in the ball so keep on hooping see ya